Welcome to Pixel Pizza. Did she say pizza? Your ultimate source for chiptunes, video game talk, and pepperoni. Delivered to you from Los Angeles and into the digital cyberspace of the 2020s. Pizza Power! That's right, when Super Giant Pizza. I want a large, thick crust with double cheese, ham, pepperoni. Hey, where's my pizza? Pizza time. Hello, and welcome back to Pixel Pizza. That is right, we are back again, and we are very excited to be talking to this week's guest. So today we are going to be speaking with a Mr. Jake Innes. That is right, longtime viewers, listeners may know that at the beginning of this podcast, uh, when it started up the series, we got a shout out from this guy, this lovely guy. And he's been a longtime supporter of the show, longtime influence on the show since the radio days back at Emerson. That is right, because he is responsible for the long running, the iconic, the grandfather of video game podcasts. That is right. We are talking about the Gaming Cult podcast, which recently came to an end. And so we're going to be talking with him about a little bit of a post-mortem about the Gaming Cult podcast, what it did, what influence it left, lots of cool stuff, and where he is now. So hope you're looking forward to it. Jake Innes, of course, also a musician, accomplished DJ Innes in the footwork scene. So we are going to be playing some of his music. And we're going to be starting off with the track Awakening featuring Crossfire which you may recognize from a certain video game, but of course it's got the classic DJ in a spin on it. So enjoy that one and we'll see you soon.
All right. Welcome back to Pixel Pizza. You just listened to Awakening featuring Crossfire by DJ Ennis, the one, the only, who happens to be sitting right across from me over Zoom in rainy Sydney, Australia. That's true. It is not currently and sunny. No, unfortunately. <laughs> but it, it will be soon, I'm Hi, sure. Thanks for having me, Jared. Pixel yeah, Pizza. absolutely. Yes, a pleasure. Back once again, always. Um, yeah, yeah. Hi, I'm Jake. Jake Ennis, DJ Ennis, head of DJs. Uh, yeah, gaming cult podcast. Well, just gaming cult now, I guess. Mm. I've got. I've got to try and like. I've got to try and like not be on. I don't think I've ever not been on in all my life because I've done radio since I was 12, <laughs> literally. So. That's that's what I want to yeah. get into. Let's start with that. Do I have, do I I have a not past in radio? Do I have a not radio so voice at this point? <laughs> I don't think I ever switched it off, even in real life. I just sound like Casey Kasem. No, I don't sound like Casey Kasem, mm -hmm. but I might as well sound. Voice. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I I want to hear about your. You know, like doing radio since you were 12. I think that's the coolest it's thing. It's weird, right? Like, I did it I, I did it through my high school. Um, I was born in London, but I grew up in Australia, um, sort of the lower North Shore of Sydney, a place called Davidson, which is uh, Garigal country there for the traditional landowners. Yeah, so I kind of grew up in the middle of a national park, well, I moved, yeah, I moved there when I was about four from London. And I sort of, yeah, lived in the National Park, kind of next to a cemetery. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I spent a lot of my, I spent a lot of my early years, like, growing up in that, growing up in the cemetery. Growing up all in the cemetery, shaking my booty. <laughs> On <laughs> graves. Oh god, that's no people aren't gonna remember that reference. That wow. Oh, oh yeah. Well, it was a dead wrong teens booty shaking all in the cemetery. Yeah, booty all up in yeah the cemetery. it's 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 like a, it's a really really old YouTube relic. Norlin's bounce video. Um, a bunch of kids just uh, uh, twerking on graves in a video. Yeah. Nor in bounce culture. Everyone everyone's doing it. You kid, you know um it's it's a it's a cultural thing you know but not not up not up in the cemetery that's dead wrong no. so the first year of high school um which is grade seven we basically have primary school in australia elementary school you know kindergarten to six and then we have high school which is seven mm. to twelve we don't have middle school or anything like that oh yeah. wow um yeah, so my first year of high school, seventh grade, I started doing uh, community radio. And this was 1996. Uh, it, it could have also been eighth grade. It was, it was somewhere between that. So yeah, 96, 97. Uh, I was offered through one of my teachers, Mrs. Kavanagh, to do uh, a local... Yeah, do community radio, basically. Uh, me and a friend of mine, James Collins, who I started that off with. Yeah, 96. And they just, you know, uh, it's not 
it's not really allowed to be done anymore, but they just kind of let two 12 year olds uh, live on the air left to their own devices at, at 4 PM on a Monday afternoon. It was a drive time show. And the kids that had it before us from Davidson high, I don't know if I mentioned that that's my high school uh, that I went to uh, had the show before us and it was called house nation. And imagine they'd had it since like 1990 or 92 or whatever. And they named it after, you know, uh, the, the the track House Nation by the Housemaster Boys. What I'm trying to say is we just kept the name uh, because why not? Um, sure. And we just played all kinds of music. It wasn't just house no, music? No, it wasn't just house music. So we were, we were, just, we were playing uh, everything from like what James wanted to play, which was a lot of Ben's, Ben Folds 5 and, um, you know, some pop music and... You know, we were all playing skater punk because that's what you'll listen to back then. Basically, just think of like the Tony Hawk Pro Skater uh, one oh, to sure. three <laughs> uh, albums, and you get you get you get the kind of idea. And yeah, a lot of jungle as well, drum like early drum bass, ninety four era jungle to be specific. Oh, awesome! Yeah, that's the stuff that made me want to make music. Growing up in a musical family, on well, my dad's side of the family, well, my mum used to be a musician too. Uh, in abandons and stuff but uh yeah no my dad's family uh my dad my uncle my grandfather all, all jazz musicians going back to the 40s in scotland that's in so scotland. cool i had yeah, no idea yeah. uh to to cut forward um how many years 25 years 26 years no 25 years i started doing the show again when i moved back here and in 2020, I decided to go back to Radio Northern Beaches, which was the station that I started at when I was 12. And yeah, God, when, I st- when I started out, it was literally, I think it was at Narrabeen Sports High School and it, the radio station, which had started around 1980. It was literally this, this shed, this tin shed that used to be the toilets or something it used to be the girls toilets at, a, at some sports high school and they can they converted it into a radio station in like 1979 and all great. the equipment is still the same equipment that's used today and it, holds it does up. yeah it's a fully analog broadcast wow. signal still today because uh yeah what i was about to say i when i, when I moved back i i i rejoined the station because I started doing the show again in 2020 and I decided to bring back House Nation because I thought, why not? Did anyone remember it? Yeah, actually, uh, like the, the, uh, a lot of the people there, a lot of the hosts there, it's a community station, uh, part of a co-op. So it's all fully um, volunteer work uh, to a degree of which is not seen much these days. We even own our own transmitter pole. Uh, so I mm. thought, yeah. I could just bring back House Nation and I could still have it be a misnomer. I could still play all kinds of music, (laughs) but in the last 25 years, it's kind of come full circle because I've become part of Chicago's uh, house music culture and ghetto house and footwork and juke culture as well. Being a member of uh, Chicago's ghetto DJs. And now I'm getting all these house music 
all the way through to Ghetto House and Footwork Legends coming on to do guest mixes on House Nation 25 years later with, 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 the, with, the, with the show that began that we took over that we didn't even know the meaning of the word for when we first started. So at what point did you realize this was something that you wanted to integrate your love of video games into? Well, that yeah, that's the interesting thing, right? I the weirdest thing is that after yeah, going through DJing to in clubs to doing more kind of to going to university in 2005 I wasn't really making a lot of music from around 2010, uh, which is when I came out uh, as a gay man uh, at 27, which was quite late to come out. And then I came out again uh, six months later as a bisexual. Actually, I was was non-binary as well for the first 35 years of my life. Uh, But yeah, I I wasn't really making much music because I'd kind of stopped uh, and left everything that I was doing when I came out because it was such a big thing and I'm like oh I guess I sort of start again now and you know it's anyone out there knows it's a difficult thing and um, yeah do it it is hard but do it but yeah you get to 2012 and I had my friend Martin which I knew through music and also through like I was watching a lot of uh, videos and really involved or at least just i was obsessively collecting video games at that point like a lot of retro stuff i had a neo geo aes and yeah it it got to a hoarding stage but yeah uh i had a massive retro collection and i was very very uh active involved in the youtube game collecting uh, community then watching people like Pete Dor and oh yeah uh, game chasers the game chasers yeah when they started but I think that was even I'm trying to think when the game chasers started I used to talk to them uh, when they first started out oh, but okay. uh, um, they yeah it was probably before the game chasers because what what influenced me a lot uh, for starting the podcast. And me and Martin both really being into game collecting and also the YouTube uh, game collecting community. Well, one, the Screw Attack podcast, Side Scrollers. Uh, I listen to that a lot. And I I use that as a reference point because that was the first, one of the first podcasts I heard with music in the background of it. Uh, and it was very, very low in the mix, and it was just all video game music, extremely low in the mix. But that was the first podcast I heard that that had soundtracked itself. And uh, the All Gen Gamers podcast, which started out of the uh, the YouTube game collecting scene, and it was Pete Dor, uh, John Gamester eighty one. Um, happy console gamer from canada oh johnny i yep, love him yep and uh, uh jason heine as well um right. happy console gamer left off later i still watch happy console gamers videos me too every sunday yeah yeah, yeah his stuff is great um he just had a kid oh That's did he crazy. really hey congr- congr- yeah. congratulations to, to happy console gamer 
Um, yeah, I love I loved the All Gen Gamers podcast, and especially what with what Jason Heine was doing with it. Um, with I think I think his channel's now called Heine House, uh, and yeah, it's a it's a game collecting channel. But he he's also a musician too and a drummer. Um, oh, he makes like he makes jungle actually. He makes drum and bass. Um, really like old school ninety six zero kind of drum and bass. Um, that sounds awesome. But he started like working a soundboard into into that show as like a comedic device. And he would bring these characters in like this whale that, that they'd all talk to and interact with. Yeah. Um, oh God. So, so many of like, there were people out in Japan as well. Um, Luke Morse. Yep. Luke Morse one. That was another channel that uh, I watched greatly and, and uh, charge back forward in Canada as well, who we actually had on as guests uh, in 20. 12 i want to say on on gaming cult podcast yeah and like uh people from the uk like future map five who we had on like episode three no episode four of gaming cult he was our first guest ever actually yeah so those those two shows and i would say also david firth who's known for salad fingers and all of his animation work, Burnt Face Man, or all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Fat Pie, the, the Fat Pie pod, podcast, Waller FM, which started in 2008, which was basically a fake radio station in like Northern England. Um, you know, because they, they lived in um, David Firth and Christian Pickup, aka Crust Pickup was um, they both lived in Hull, which is like, yeah, the north of England. And that the production value on that um, was really inspirational to me. And it's, it's still a really funny show, Waller FM. They, and they, st- they, 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 they still kind of do it now. I recommend going back and listening to Waller FM, especially the original episodes from the 2008 and the episodes now all the live stuff they did it's fantastic it still holds up so well uh it's very british humor especially northern uh, you know northern british humor but god it's so funny those three yeah those three shows were the biggest influence on what what started gaming cult which was me and martin wanting to talk about obscure it definitely didn't start as a comedy podcast. It started off with me and Martin, a friend of mine in Sweden, um, wanting to talk about obscure Japanese imports and just obscure games in general and up-to-date stuff as well. Yeah. You guys yeah. were you guys were the first people to really talk about Yakuza and be like big fans of that series. It wasn't until like maybe five years ago that I feel like the rest of the Western world caught right. on. Right. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Shouts out to Deacon Ross as well, who actually took to the podcast really quickly. He's he runs the fight. Uh, he runs the site. Excuse me. Uh, Yakuzafan.com. Yeah. No. We 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 just talked about stuff, the niche stuff that we were into, and that we were collecting, slash hoarding at the time. Uh, I don't think I ever played like eighty percent of my video game collection. 
at that at that, that time until I sold it all in 2017. But yeah, it started off as that, you know, quite kind of dry, I'd say. Not dry, but like, yeah, just talking about obscure games. And then we got Matt in as a guest who was who was fun. And then I think I asked Garrett Hunter from Mega64 on Facebook. Um, I'd, I've also been um, a fan of Mega64 since they first started putting videos on their website in 2004 or whenever that was. Uh, I wasn't a, I wasn't through the Something Awful community. I was on the, I think it was, what was it? Uh, the Friends Society used to be known as uh, F Society. .ca. It was like like Newgrounds Flash kind of stuff, like early, oh, late okay. 90s, early 2000s, edgy Newgrounds Flash stuff uh, from that era. Um, yeah, definitely grew up with Newgrounds and stickdeath.com and all that, all that kind <laughs> of stuff. A lot, lot, I, a lot of internet 1.0 stuff. I feel like a lot of that, you, you tell a lot of these stories from internet 1.0 years and it's like, it feels like mythological at this point because nothing yeah. was really documented from like before 96, 97. Um, Did you play the game Hypnospace Outlaw? Is that a recent game? I feel like I know that title. It, yeah, it came out a couple years ago. I absolutely love it. It is so, it's like a recreation of Web 1.0. And it's, you have to like complete these objectives going through like GeoCities website. It's like its own OS, isn't it? Forums. Right, yeah. yeah. It's even its own OS and like the the, the plot device is based around security exactly. AI and all that kind of thing. I didn't get very far in it, but oh my goodness, like yeah, I've put it on my PS five, I guess it's a PS4 a PS4 game or Maybe maybe there is it is a PS5 port. No, I started playing that and it was like fantastic. It was like, I mean, you could you could you could be reductive and say that it's vaporwave the game, but like it's. Yeah. So I go off on tangents so quickly. Jared, I'm sorry. <laughs> I noticed a little bit. <laughs> but that that yeah. that's kind of what uh, started to work its way into gaming cult podcast as well. So uh, yeah, I think that's that's what inspired us to start the podcast and what it grew into bringing in yeah garrett joined after uh being a guest on two episodes back to back and then eric joined and then brian abishap could have joined yeah eric badur pardon me uh, yeah garrett hunter joined mm -hmm. eric badur joined uh, who now works for rooster teeth as a lot of you will know right. and uh brian abishakra um yeah also part of mega 64 and the big dogs and uh, KLBR, KBBR, KLBR, yeah. Yeah, King Lord Brian Radio. Yes, that's right. Oh, I just started watching. He's doing a great job yes, with that. Yes, Shouts out to my boy Brian. I love you so much. And yeah, I even got my brother and sister involved in it as well. I think that was the big turning point when, when Zach got involved to fill in for Martin for a couple of episodes from episode 10. Yeah, I agree. God, Especially when Zach joined and he started talking about these bizarre dating sim games that he'd be playing like Heartful Boyfriend, right. Couple of Shoujo, like we're talking real 2012 era meme games here, but we actually, yeah, we actually talked about uh, Heartful Boyfriend before 
the rest of the world knew about it. I could definitely. Yeah, that was the first time I yeah, heard of it. It just that's where it really took a turn when when Zach joined, who was like seventeen, eighteen. He just turned eighteen. My this is, this is my younger brother, my half brother, and and Ruby, yeah. my my younger half sister as well, also joined uh, late, a bit later on, uh, in twenty thirteen as well. But none of us were ready for Zach coming on the show. Like me, Garrett, Martin, Eric, Brian, none of us were. And it just went in this bizarre direction and we started forming our own vibe, I guess. Just yeah. our own. Our, very, very strong identity. Yeah. Very surreal. Yeah, it was it, like it, it, it became straight up Dada at certain points. Like Dadaism, yeah. like... <laughs> Like it would just be all, be, all of us would just, yeah, just screaming into it. Especially like Cody joined later as well. Cody Brown oh, yeah. lost Cody. Um, he joined later on uh, after being a guest on an episode in 2012. Um, who, yeah, I met I met Cody through actually the first episode of I of um of poorly played stream, which Garrett was doing. Wow, the very amazing first. sense of humor, very unique sense of humor, Cody. Yeah, but just absolutely chaotic, like exactly. amazing, like energy. And he he definitely brought a lot to the show as well uh, in 2013 and 2014. It just became absolute data at points. It would just be like ten people screaming into a microphone. the The show is also like this. It just goes on, just like me. I guess it's a reflection of me in some way like like it's it, it i i uh, past recording the show i do everything like scoring it and editing it like well not just editing to take out skype lag but editing for like comedic timing and things like that but i just thought it a thing that slowly crept in as well that made gaming cult what it was and it was definitely Ren and Stimpy and I guess side scrollers as well on on that basic technical level, but definitely Ren and Stimpy that influenced me putting in like uh, a public domain classical music behind people oh, yeah. just talking about the most <laughs> absurd things. You know, that definitely came from Ren and Stimpy. Um, were there ever any uh, like bits or ideas that when you were editing you had to cut out because they were just too weird? Yes. Plenty of stuff hit the cutting room floor, wow. <laughs> but but like, yeah, it, no, yes and no. Just I have to it, just going back and remembering because I would just barge these fourteen-hour editing sessions, and it, you know, I, I'm an artist. I've I've taken I've been I've become more comfortable with calling myself an artist because that's what I've been for twenty-five years, and it's all I. Absolutely. Yeah, like Gaming Cult became an artistic project for me. I did start overproducing the hell out of it because it was funny to me to overproduce overproduce a podcast, which people didn't do. Like people did not put production value to podcasts outside of Waller FM, which was also, you know, it was beyond a podcast, I'd say that was more of a show. Um but that was my point of reference for for the massive overproduction. But I just thought 
yeah, and and it happened gradually too, but just the massive unnecessary unnecessary overproduction of a podcast where we're talking about the most absurd, stupid things. We would go on tangents, or it would just be endless. Like we, it would be a video game show, but we would just digress off something, and we'd oh, keep yeah. digressing for like half an hour, and we'd go from there. And it was just like, you know, you just you just about everyone's just bouncing off each other, and I thought, how do I how do I like amplify this? How do I, you know. While Zach's talking about dating pigeons on this video game, how do I make it more absurd? Okay, I'll put Tchaikovsky behind it. Like, it, it's literally that reference point from being a kid worshipping Ren and Stimpy and, like, he hearing Flight of the Sugar Plum Fairies or, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 Swan Lake behind, you know. Um, right. When they're getting when the they go, teeth yeah, pulled out or yeah, something. Exactly. You're seeing, <laughs> uh, you're seeing uh, exposed like uh, nerves in in in, Ren, in Ren's mouth and like just oh, yeah. just like facial reactions from Stimpy. That kind of stuff set set to Tchaikovsky. That is like what is so much of my brain is that energy, like <laughs> of that of that the art resulting from that. You know. And that's, you know, gaming cult, gaming cult started off as this like podcast and it turned into an art project for me, basically before, yeah, before I even realized it. And it just, it just kept evolving and I let it keep evolving. When it, once I realized I was all in for like, you know, fully post-producing a show that was anywhere from one and a half hours to three hours. I was like, right, I guess I'm all in. I guess I am spending 20 hours editing this thing and then scoring the entire thing as well. You know, mm -hmm. whether it be public domain classic, classical, you know, romantic classical music or the Sonic R soundtrack uh, for the oh, Sega Saturn with, uh, by T by uh, uh, Richard Jacques and TJ Day. On vocals, shouts out TJ Day. Uh, you may, you made me aware of that. You, what, what was the other game, the Dreamcast game, where they both teamed up again? Oh, you made me aware. Uh, Sega GT. Yeah, Racing. Sega GT Racing. Racing two thousand. You introduced me to that game, Jared. Sorry, this, 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 yeah, yeah, you did, you did. I didn't know about. I didn't wow. know that uh, there was a volume two to the Sonic R collaboration. Yeah, like the follow up. Um, I love that soundtrack, by the way, unironically, like oh, at this it's point, so good. <laughs> like uh, it's just fantastic. It's like, yeah, Richard Jacques incredible. He did a lot. He did. He did stuff oh. on Jet Set Radio Future as well. And Jet Set Radio. Yeah. And he's done movie scores. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. He's, like, he, I think he's won BAFTAs and, um, yeah, yeah uh, all, all kinds of things, um, as he should too, cause he's brilliant. Shouts out to TJ Day as well. Uh, she used to be oh, yeah. in a house or a Euro techno group. I'm just trying to remember what they were. I'm sure it's on a Wikipedia. You can go ahead and look it up if you don't believe me. But I, I finished my digressing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I could I could totally hear that in her voice that she would be involved in that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... 
I mean, maybe you already answered this, but what would you say a good makes a good podcast stand out? Hmm. I, I don't know. It just, um, you have to keep doing it. And at least when you first start, you have to keep doing it. And don't, don't fit it into, make it malleable. Like I, I, I approach things from a, probably a pretty artistic kind of view as an artist, like where you can kind of like make anything, anything. Cause I feel like podcasting is very, it's still very set in the format of what it is, which is often just, just, you know, one to X amount of people talking with nothing in the background. And that's what most people want. I remember a lot of the the most critical feedback that I received in the beginning and still receive today is I turned it off because there was music in the background. And that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. A lot of people can't take that level of stimulation or or... or I guess diversion from what they think a podcast is or is supposed to be. But, you know, I, I it did, it, you know, it always has been like just a, a talking medium, but I came from radio as well. And I'm a musician and I, you know, I started to think I've got all these connections in the music industry from working for labels and being being a musician and DJ for so long, why don't I start incorporating that into the show? I'll start interview. This isn't really answering your question. Is that how Cult Tracks came about? Definitely, yeah. I but I started interviewing. I thought I've got all the I've got all my friends in music. Why don't I get start getting them on the show? And I know as an artist when you get interviewed by a lot of the musical press you get asked the same if you do, especially if you're doing a press run you get asked the same questions you get asked the same 10 questions right. 50 times over so i'm going to get uh, i'm going to get musicians on i'm going to get artists on but i'm not going to interview them about their music i'm going to interview them about video games mm -hmm. and the interviews I got out of that were just so, so, so good because they were so, my, you know, uh, whether, they were, whether I knew them personally or not, they were so happy to be talking about uh, something that, that something else that they were passionate about, you know, you know, because I, I would ask a lot of people, what's your earliest video game memory? And that immediately brings people back to like a nostalgic time, like a really special time especially if they are hashtag gamers <laughs> you know uh it's it's a universe yeah like i just wanted to get good feelings out of people you know okay here's what i think a lot of podcasts miss and it does it does it does go into like parasocial relationship territory which is what a lot of us experience I, uh, me even like mm. with any media we enjoy even if it's on the internet like but you have to have some relatability 
I we don't have to, but I think that's what a lot of podcasts don't have is personability, friendliness, and sure, maybe people don't want that out of all their podcasts. Maybe they, you know, they, they, if you're after a history podcast or if you're after a true crime pro- podcast, you know, you, you're not going to want personability. You're going to want info dumps. You're mm. going to want storytelling. But I just like, I just, it's the same re, it's the same approach that I've always had in the music industry, which hasn't always been met with the best things i i i don't network i just want to make friends like anybody else does yeah i just i just wanted the podcast to be a friend to people that it resonated with and it did it did the people that listen to gaming cult like are very very passionately attached to it as am I, you know, there is that parasocial layer there, but like I'm also attached to it as well, and I'm attached to the people that are attached to it. We 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 never really took off in our ten years, despite having massive guests on the show. Uh, I guess we were a niche that didn't need to be filled, but we carved out our own little identity or space. And it was it was a really friendly space and a and a safe space for the people that found it and and yeah held it as something special to them or a part of them or whatever whatever it was. Um, that's what I'm very grateful for. At the end of the day, a lot of games podcasts are very not utilitarian what's the kind of word that i'm trying to find here they're they're just very personality driven yeah personality driven or they are they're there to give you the news and talk about the news and Mm. you know i was never i never wanted to hold back in taking letting the show go in a direction that it naturally wanted to go which was, you know, chaos <laughs> at a lot of <laughs> at a lot of points. It's, yeah, it's, I, I, yeah I could. I, I could it's something you could write a book on, really. Um, but you know, you could write you could write that book in a self help kind of format. You know how to how to you know how to increase your business, how to increase your optic. You know, uh, you know, widen your optics, and you know how to get rich without even trying. You know, there's so many ways you could write that book, um, and I imagine has been written. But like, really, it was just a bunch of, for us. It was just a bunch of artists coming together. So I think we need to head over to our musical break for the episode. And uh, yeah, we'll be back with more following up later on GCP and beyond. And here's another track from DJ Innes. And it is called DJ Innes. That is right. It is a self-titled track and it is awesome. So see you guys soon.
Welcome back to Pixel Pizza. You just listened to DJ Ennis by DJ Ennis. And now we are here with DJ Ennis, Jake Ennis, talking more about the Gaming Cold podcast and what he's up to now and what he's going to be up to and all sorts of cool stuff. So, yeah. How, how are you feeling now that it's over, Jake? I'm not sure. Um... Uh, I knew it was quite sudden when I when I knew the time was right to end it. Um, it just felt right, like right on our tenth anniversary. We had our tenth anniversary, and uh, I finally finished the episode, and we recorded it sometime in late October or something. But I was like. I had lots of things planned for it. Like not even the other, not even the rest of the crew knew that Lil mm. B was going to be on it. Oh, right. <laughs> like on it, on it, on it. He's been on the show like a, like three or four times, but like, yeah. like he was really going to be as on it as he could. Um, we were even making plans like, like just, just right before we had, we had, we had Shalik Jenkins join gaming cult and he still has joined gaming cult mm-hmm. gaming cult is still gaming i, I bought the name like i, I oh. registered gaming cult the same time that i registered cult tracks my record label yeah i i just knew like we released it and it well wasn't long after it just hit me it's like oh it's done mm-hmm. and I, I just knew like that it was literally just that it just hit i just knew it was finished and it was like it was done it's it's such a it's such a strange thing to begin with like making a body of work or an artistic statement in a collective body of work in a space where that that isn't done yeah and it's such it was such an enormous prolific body of work too the the podcasting the podcasting space synchronous <laughs> synchronous synchronicity um yeah no podcasts aren't really considered art not and like and yet there are all these new like subscription podcast services premium get the episodes five days are always they're treating it like it's Netflix. <laughs> Right, right. Well, there's, there's the full gamut, right? Like, yeah. uh, uh, of an entertainment medium, as there should be. But like, it's just like games weren't considered art, yeah. and we we started having that conversation about ten years ago. Right. I remember um, when I started uh, college, uh, freshman year of college, which was also the year I discovered gaming cults. Was right. You know, like, I had to do like a public speaking thing. And my this I could choose any subject, so I chose why video games are art. Fantastic, yeah. Uh, that, that that's the conversations I wanted to have to start gaming cult with as well. That was one of the main things that me and Martin wanted to make gaming cult about was like mm. the gaming that games are art. Yeah, you know, while talking about really obscure imports and technical so stuff. Yeah, Rena, exactly. I've got I could I've I've got my copy just here. I'll show it to all the listeners. Oh yeah, they'll um, love 
yeah it's the the lowest selling game of all time at mm. the, when it came out supposedly a hundred copies of it were released wow. or sold or sold sold yeah it's this japanese nintendo wii game where uh, you're a salary man and one day you go to work and a cat is your boss <laughs> yeah martin knew about sikiban shashorena and he talked about it and i immediately while we were recording the podcast went on ebay and bought the last copy that was on there and shipped it from japan because yeah apparently a hundred copies of this wii <laughs> japanese exclusive wii game sold it's like i can't even play this i'm thinking i haven't got a japanese wii so I, then i tr then i like looks around sydney to try and get uh, a japanese wii and one guy out in the northern beaches had one which is where i live now and i went and got it and i had this weird hardware mod in it that i didn't know how to use but hmm. i had a way to play Sikiban Shacho Rena. Boss Cat. Boss Cat Rena. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I guess Zach wasn't the first one to talk about uh, bizarre games. It was, it was definitely Mom. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, Martin, I guess I, I guess I don't talk about how much of a huge influence like Martin is on the show as the co-creator of yeah. Gaming Cult. Um, is he doing well these days? Uh, what's he up he to? Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he he's a he's someone that keeps to himself. Mm. Um, and he's he's a great guy and just really funny. Like Zach, Zach, who I think is one of the funniest people in the world, always says Martin's the funniest person. On the show, um, yeah, Martin. Martin is like, I've never tried to even work Martin out because I. He. He has like, he has res like especially in the beginning he had reservations to going into crude humor. Mm. We we were quite the show was. Quite crass at times, like really crass, like but in a like in an absurdist way, like that straight up data, like like just talking about, uh, you know, talking about dicks and yeah. And I and felt like he was whatever. so good as like the dead. He's the straight man, right? Yeah, the straight man, exactly. <laughs> so he was the straight man to bounce off, at, but he knew like he knew how to lean into it too oh yeah yeah you're you're absolutely right jared actually yeah he was he was totally this you gotta have the straight guy about yeah that's stuff. yeah that's comedy you have the straight man and you have the the diff, but then different, my, i forget what the word is i did improv for if they explained it to me but i'm definitely the other guy <laughs> i'm definitely i'm definitely the I'm definitely the other guy in Martin's the yeah. straight man for sure. Right. Yeah, you've got to you got to have the good straight guy, and Martin is the ultimate good straight guy. But he would just come out of no nowhere with these the funniest moments, like, and it would be like, and you wouldn't expect it from Martin as well, and that's what made it funnier. And you know, 
I guess another thing I didn't talk about b- beyond me talking about, you know, gaming cult being this body of work right. and, you know, it being this, you know, art where art doesn't usually exist, you know. So where what what place does it have? And a lot of people, like, pushed back against that through the years as well, just through not it not being their thing, you know, and not understanding why there was music in the background or why we were digressing for 20 minutes. <laughs> like, um, but the one thing that we wanted to make Gaming Cult about was that it was worldwide opinions. That, yeah, that was what as made well, it so interesting. Which was the first, we were the, we were the first people to do that. Mm. Definitely. Cause that, that was, that was, that was a niche that we wanted to fill from the beginning was that every video game podcast was like either national or hyper local like but we wanted to we wanted it to be in all languages uh, you know we wanted not yeah english and swedish but like we you know we wanted to have we wanted to have segments in japanese and arabic and like we we were really welcoming because it's not just English speaking uh, Western countries that enjoy gaming. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And we, we really just enjoyed the dynamic of a culture exchange. And it, it, it it's only something I have to think about now because it, it's not really a second thought to me as someone, as a third culture kid. You can look up the definition of that. But, like, mm. you know, as someone that's moved around a lot. And and that's that's another thing that 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 um, sort of developed too. After a while, we realized that most of us on gaming cult were all neuro- neurodivergent in different ways, mm-hmm. and some of us weren't as well. But like, yeah, that was that's another thing that I've only thought about in later years is that how we are all basically like neurodivergent. Few of us are, are autistic. Um, uh, I have developmental. Um, learning disabilities from a birth defect, um, from a brain, you know, um, a bleed in my brain, brain and frontal lobe damage from birth, and like, so I've had all kinds of things result from that. But and yeah, a few of other, a few other of our members are aut- autistic as well, like Emily, and uh, Zach, and Crystal, and like, um, yeah, and a, a lot of us are neurodivergent. This is not something I realized until maybe like two years ago. And that that also maybe kind of helped form our energy and the way that we bounce off each other. Yeah, it's, it's like true. it was a safe space for us as well, mm. and not just and also because I wanted to get my brother and sister involved in what I was doing, you know, and just make friends and stuff. And yeah, no, I, I think that that was actually a big part of it that took me. Um, well into its ideas to realize uh yeah yeah no a lot of us when you are a lot of us are neurodivergent some of us like a few of us aren't but um yeah we're definitely all different thinkers yeah it's it's a wonderful thing that uh you know podcasts can do is bring people together of all different circumstances and uh upbringings and yeah all sorts of 
representation is wonderful and important and getting your voices out there is it makes a difference something it's something we never give gave a second thought about mm -hmm. either really like it like you know up until i was 35 i was a non-binary person and you know emily's a trans woman and like i've always i've always platformed you know black artists on our show and mm. you know like give given space for blackness as well because i feel like i'm saying this as a first nations person not a, not a black person but um from a lot of uh, from a lot of conversations i've had with black friends or black people in the gaming space like there's, there's just there just there's a lot of to exist in these spaces in gaming spaces or internet subculture spaces you know a lot of these alternate geeky spaces there's not a lot of room for blackness or queerness gayness however you want to put it especially blackness though yeah you like i found like black people really have to tone check themselves a lot of the time when they're in these spaces and again it's not something i've ever given much thought to until like recently in yeah. in in um hindsight i always wanted to have a lot of just things that haven't been given a lot of space or have been excluded from a lot of alternate communities or, or, or gaming community geeky communities or that kind of thing you know and you know things are things are much better now but like in 2013 or 2012 i was going to gaming oh you know i was going to to gaming industry events in australia and people were openly making gay jokes and i would mm -hmm. just have to leave or I'd cause a scene and I'd leave and I'd be like, you know, it'd be me, the, the one that was causing the problem, you know, it's, it, and th you know, we, we had a booth at PAX Australia 2013, the first PAX booth. And we were the first booth to have a pride flag. And it was only a tiny little a four one, but it, like that I printed out myself yeah. and put it there, but it meant such a great deal to the people that noticed that's great uh so now you know i know you have some other projects you've worked been working on you recently have been doing a lot with your own record label you collaborated with uh, junior nakano composer of final fantasy 10 and many other classics what was that like god i still can't believe it yeah like um yeah, I just, I just, I remember I was traveling around Japan in February 2020. I was playing a few shows, but I mostly, I was just traveling uh, mostly for, um, for food tourism, Jared, yeah. to be very specific. I was eating my way. I was eating my way around the Kansai region, and Have then some I went to Unagi. Oh my god! Yes, yes, I love Unagi, but I, I was, uh, 
I, I, I went to Matsusaka and had Matsusaka beef, which is like the best oh. beef in the world. Like, and then I went to the forest and uh, hung out with some deer who, who bow to you to try and get food. <laughs> of course. So Junya Nakano, I was listening to his album Phantasm on Spotify and I'd bought his stuff on Bandcamp as well. As soon as I realized he was putting out solo albums, I was like, oh, wow, okay. And they were incredible, of course. That was my soundtrack for like traveling around Japan. I just had that in my headphones walking around most of the most of the Kansai region mm. down to Fukuoka, down to Kagoshima for a day. And when I moved back here and started, I told myself I'd never start collecting records again, but I started buying records again when I moved into the place I'm in now. Sort of got settled, got a couple of cats. And I found myself buying records. And before I knew it, I had took cult tracks which was originally a promotional Bandcamp tie-in label with gaming cult where we put out gaming cult tracks volume one in 2013 which was like this 35 track compilation with all kinds of artists footwork ballroom electronic experimental hip-hop everything everything all kinds of stuff um all mostly exclusive tracks as well um that came out 2014. I spent most of 2013 working on it. it took me a year to put that together. Mm-hmm. Um, I turned that into a proper label and started putting out vinyl releases. Uh, I put one of my releases out. I put a DJ Row EP out. This is uh, Cult Tracks. You can go to culttracks.com, C-U-L-T-T-R-A-X.com. There's my plug. I managed to get that in. Um, and then I'm like, I could just write to him. I could just why not I, like I, I i there's there's other there's other specifically game soundtracks that i'm trying to re- license to release um which i've just been trying to figure out how to approach in the proper way but junior nakano who had done like final fantasy 10 final fantasy 4 ds final fantasy 10 10x2 remastered arrange uh do prism which is my favorite work of his yeah. also known as threads of fate uh in the west uh project Silphied on the 360 uh so much work and he was a he was a member of the konami kukeha club sound team in the early 90s as well that's where he started um so i was like he's doing all the solo work why don't i just go on his website and send him a message through his contact page. So I did that and he replied and he was really into it. Wow. What I was doing with cult tracks and even the minimal minimalist packaging design, like partnered with really high fidelity vinyl production mastering, this guy, Mike Pappas, who I'm working with, who's like an industry veteran of 50 years. Um, working with like Neumann Laths and everything. Like he's one of the guys that like people at Abbey Road Studios go to for advice. Wow. Uh, he's in semi-retirement at the moment because he's going through chemo and uh, that's mm. that's been, I, I really hope he gets better soon. Yeah. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. Um, but yeah, I managed, um, we, we managed to put out four records uh, in 2021 together. 
and along with uh, the avant-garde group uh, in Japan called Satanic Porno Cult Shop, who have been around for about 20 years, I put a record of theirs out as well, uh, a 13-minute fi- a album. And it is an album. I'd, we decided that it would be an album and it would be funny to call it an album. So it is officially a 13-minute album. I don't know if that makes it the shortest album in the world, but it's called Scream Block, and you can check it out on Cult Tracks. This is all physical releases only, so you go to culttracks.com and you can buy the vinyl there. Um, Juni Nakano has self-released Phantasm uh, on streaming services and Bandcamp, but for a physical version, you can come to me for that exclusively. Yeah, he was just really great to work with and was up up for all the ideas loved like i was working directly with a final fantasy 10 compo- uh, final fantasy 10 composer the final <laughs> fantasy 10 composer and well nimbo Uematsu worked on it as well as yeah. masashi himazu as well like that's true was a big there's the, there's, the, there's the holy trinity there like masashi himazu uh-huh. the final fantasy 13 13 2 soundtrack is not only my favorite video game soundtrack but it's like my favorite work of music of all time it's just he's a, he's just that's his masterwork in my opinion is my Final favorite game soundtrack is chrono cross and oh that's great i love chrono cross. of it next week and there's going to be like for the first right. time uncompressed versions of the songs and i'm so excited well i've, I've actually got the the cd soundtrack for chrono oh yeah cross. me too uh, but yeah. I mean, these are like further, like refined versions of the song. I think. Are they doing arrangers? Oh my yeah. god! Okay, I love that. Like, there's all there's all these really great ranges of like the Chrono, some of the Chrono Trigger soundtrack in the Chrono Cross. Oh yeah. Soundtrack as well, like uh, that one that goes do 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 do. Yeah, they had like the sitar playing it. Yes, yes, that's like my favorite. That's like my favorite track on the Chrono Cross soundtrack. I've never played the game. I've never even played the game. So I'm. That's that's why I'm doubly excited. Oh yeah. For the for the re-release. Oh my goodness. But like, oh, so yeah, that's how that's how Phantasm came to be, and he did a whole new mix for it, like a mix down for the vinyl edition and we we rearranged the track uh order slightly so it would fit uh vinyl better so we could press each side of the record as loud as possible and dynamically as possible um yeah a lot of that stuff matters like uh, that was like learning a whole new skill set like mastering vinyl and pressing it to the best best fidelity possible working with one of the best guys possible like uh, did i get like a crash course in that unique skill set in the last year but um yeah that's how that's how and now we're friends uh i found myself getting into tabletop gaming this year this and it's been fantastic for me as someone with social anxiety mm-hmm. um just getting out and being somewhere that's friendly and just at an energy level that's a solid five Unlike like being an artist and being in the music industry where everything's like very like zero to ten and, and back again. Um, but that's that, that's just the nature of the industry and profession and lifestyle. But uh, yeah. So when you're out. Yeah. Where, went, but, when yeah, you're out, sorry. where is your favorite pizza place to go to? 
yes. Pixel Pizza. That's right. There is a place. So there's two there's two grades of pizza, right? I think there's the cheap and the cheerful, which is Domino's. And that's its own thing. And I love Domino's. I love getting just like, I always need to have pineapple on my pizza. And I'll have a barbecue sauce base. And yeah, just give me thin crust pepperoni with pineapple on a barbecue base and that's me happy but that's dominoes that's like that's like something you get for like five to ten bucks and it it's it's it makes you very happy but there's a place near me at the moment called uh valentino's mm. that does this pizza with a stuffed ricotta crust ricotta cheese Ooh, crust, ricotta crust. Wow. yeah yeah with with uh with really really nice parma ham and uh gut fresh garlic and i think olives and onion onion is a very un- like like not caramelized onion but fresh like cooked like in the oven onion like red yeah. onion is a very underrated pizza topping oh for sure um and of course pineapple because i had pineapple to everything i am the pineapple and pizza guy it's you either are or you're not jared are you are you a pineapple on pizza guy jared i mean i'm cool with it i don't like jump at the right. chance to get it but i won't okay be. you're not going out of your way for it you're not, exactly. you're not paying you're not paying that extra dollar for that pineapple right exactly uh so yeah that's 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 my favorite slice at the moment is uh the Valentino's uh, special. Uh, where are they based? North Narrabeen or Chroma in Sydney's Northern Beaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that stuffed ricotta crust, baby. That's what it's all that about. That sounds fantastic. Also, there's a place called Giorgio's that do a Roma pie, which is just tomato. It's, it's just a tomato-based pizza with a bit of fresh basil and a bunch of garlic in it. No cheese. Ooh. Anything just, with basil and garlic, those are, those it's, are the best. It's just a tomato Roma pie with San Marzano toma- tomatoes. Tomato, tomato. Like, I'm trying to I'm trying to be palatable to Americans here. No, <laughs> don't worry about it. I this do is... say tomato, I'm afraid. I, I don't know. My, my, my accent's all over the place, too, from having lived in Holland and the UK and and australia back and forth but um yeah no that that that's my other that roma pie there which is just tomato no cheese no nothing just tomato mm-hmm. and garlic those are good it's got to be the best quality san marzano though mamma mia mm. well we could go on about pizza and video games and everything forever i know sourdough crust don't get me to st- talk about but i started on sourdough crusts either like oh my goodness that's true. It's sourdough. So good. But uh, we do need to be packing it up now. So, uh, Jake, where can people keep track of your latest happenings? Jared, this has been so fun. I mean, we've yes. been friends for such a long time. It's true. Uh, I've been following your shows as long as you've been following mine. I've been following mm. you since the Game Boys. Yeah. <laughs> with, you, with you and Game James. Boys. like That's right. We like, both started got... with James's. I didn't realize that. That's right. We did. I didn't realize that either. How yeah. about that? Yeah. Shouts out to James Collins and uh, 
James Johnston. Yeah, James Johnston shouts out. Yeah, no, I used to listen. I I think did we start at the same time, like the beginning of 2012? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It got. It had to be around the same time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You you were doing the Game Boys. That's right. In Boston, and I loved that show. So like, yeah, we've been friends for so long. Uh, and fans of each other's work. Yeah. And no, I remember when we were last hanging out in, in New York in 2015. And that was my first time in New York and you were showing me around. You took me to a pizza place. I was very appreciative. Oh, yeah. And uh, we went to Nintendo World. You took me to Nintendo World, man. You have, man, that meant so much to me. Like see, seeing that seeing that uh that that game boy that had been like oh destroyed in the war survived the gulf the gulf war or whatever it was yeah i mean the context of it is so grim obviously but the fact that the ac the ac adapter and that the dc adapter whatever it is still works right but no just seeing all the relics you know i just that was like i wanted to among the things that i wanted to do in the 72 hours that i was in new york city for the first time like Hanging out with you and yeah, God, we went to Nintendo World. I was, you made me very happy that day. That was so special. So thanks again for joining me, Jake. And, but yes, ColtTracks.com, uh, and you can also check out. Uh, you, you you asked you, for the, you asked me for the links, right? I got my plugs in. Uh, I got my plugs in real quick. Yeah, yeah, just get them in real quick. So I do a show called House Nation. I do a show called OST, Original Soundtrack, where I play nothing but video game music of original CDs and vinyl exclusively live on FM radio through the same 40-year equipment that I started off with at 12, uh, like the same desks, the same mixing board, everything. So there's this really warm sound to it on Radio Northern Beaches, 88.790.3 FM, or you can listen to it live online on rnb.org.au or on the TuneIn app. Just search Radio Northern Beaches under local stations for Sydney, Australia. I also archive all of episodes of both the shows with downloads turned on on my SoundCloud. So go to soundcloud.com slash DJ Innes, I-N-N-E-S. My Instagram's at DJ underscore Innes and at Cult Tracks. And you can also find um, Gaming Cult Podcast and listen to the 10 years of it wherever you find podcasts or at gamingcult.org. Go to Gaming Cult, go to at Gaming Cult Cast on Twitter or at Cult Tracks on Twitter or at Cult Tracks on Instagram. Look up the Facebook pages for DJ Ennis and uh, all right. Cult I Tracks will... as well. That's with I'll an X. All in the cult Tracks with an X. C-U-L-T-T-R-A-X. There, I got my plugs in. I'm very good at doing the plugs. Yeah, you plugged them all in real quick. But I was saying, we've known each other for so long, I feel like we could just talk for... I know, you could go on for like like longer than a GCP episode. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me on your show again. Absolutely. I I was on Pixel Pizza when you were doing it on College Radio as well. That's right, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, live, live, I, that, and that was so much fun. That Jared, was... you're you're good. You're, you've always been a, a true friend, and I love you very much. As Thank you for having Jake. me on your show. I still, okay. throughout this whole show, haven't managed to switch off interviewer mode. At all. <laughs> it's all good. 
So we'll leave you off, listeners, with a final one of Jake's tracks. And that is Let Go. And thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. See ya.